there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Dominance should never be quiet. The world should know about greatness. When you're the best in the world at something, you should scream about it into the world's loudest loudspeaker, the world's tallest mountain. Nobody can tell you a damn thing. That's why I'd like to talk about Team USA Women's Water Polo, the most dominant team at the Olympics. These women have won back-to-back gold medals. They've won back-to-back-to-back world championships. Between the Rio and Tokyo Olympics, they played in 131 games. They lost three. They also have Maggie Steffens, the leading scorer in Olympic history. Steffens says this team is so far ahead of the rest of the world that its best competition comes in practice. We would scrimmage each other, and every day I have to go up against Rachel Fatal, Maddie Musselman, Melissa Seidemann. I have to shoot against Ashley Johnson. I have to guard the Fisher sisters. You know, those are scary people to have to somehow beat. That's an extremely impressive list of people that you probably haven't heard of. You've probably never even seen Team USA play water polo. But one of the best things about the Olympics is that it vaults spectacular athletes from the shadows into the spotlight. It's time to celebrate Team USA women's water polo, the most dominant team at the Olympics. This is the Ringer Guide to the Summer Games. I'm your host, Roger Sherman. Today's sport of the day, water polo. I just want to have a chat with the guy who named water polo. What were you thinking? Water polo deserves its own name rather than being called the water version of some other sport. It could be water ball or swim ball or pool ball. And water polo isn't even a water version of polo. It's more like water soccer or water hockey. But the sport is stuck with a name that conjures up the richest sport in the world and also makes us disappointed that the athletes don't ride around on giant seahorses. In reality, water polo is entertaining, intuitive, and absolutely terrifying. The gameplay is similar to any other ball and net sport, but of course the players are swimming the entire time. They're not allowed to touch the bottom of the pool, so when someone rips a shot into the back of the net or leaps out of the water to make a save, all that energy is being generated without touching anything solid. There's no resting. Even when players are perfectly stationary, they're still treading water. And that's just the PG-13 version of what makes water polo so brutal. The game does have a referee, but that ref is on the surface. They can try to officiate what's going on underwater, but there's only so much the human eye can detect. Like Marge Simpson, they know that something bad is going on down in the basement, but mainly they just want you to keep it down. What's going on down there? Nothing. Then stop screaming so loud. Okay. There's 
pulling and grabbing. There's kicking and scratching. Below the surface is an area where laws exist, but aren't easily enforceable. It's sort of like the internet and almost as disturbing. Referees are supposed to check players' nails before games to make sure they haven't grown into scratching weapons. Every part of the body has been twisted during a water polo match at some point. Yes, especially those parts. <gasps> Just listen to five-time Olympian Tony Acevedo tell NBC about his experiences. I can't believe this Hungarian got his hands under my arms and ripped my armpit hairs out. Pretty much before big games, I make sure that I'm shaved under the Speedo as well as under my arms. <laughs> like those extremely painful things that happen underwater, the achievements of water polo players tend to go unseen, but not in the Olympics. For all the pain these players go through, their triumphs are worth celebrating. If your losses come once every few years, they tend to stick out. When I asked Maggie Steffens if she could remember her last loss before Tokyo, she didn't have to think twice. Our last loss was in Australia, actually right before the pandemic hit. So feels fresh. Of course, I have instant recall on that. I, if you asked me what uh, you know, in the last game I played, what things I'd want to do better, it would be instantaneous. I think as athletes and elite athletes, you're constantly thinking about um, what you can do better. Team USA is thinking about ways to get better, but it's hard to imagine how that's even possible. These women have won gold in their last 12 major international events, dating back to the 2013 World Championships in Barcelona. And they're doing it even though it's nearly impossible to make a full-time career out of playing water polo. Steffens has been able to play professionally overseas, but she's an outlier among this group. Each woman on our team has their own story right outside of the water and their own passions and separate goals other than just going to the Olympics. And I think a lot of times people just think, oh, they're an athlete, that's what they do. I, I think about my team and, you know, I have Melissa Seidemann who's going for her third Olympics, who's going to be a teacher. I have Jamie Newshall who just got into law school and is going to be a law lawyer. I have, you know, Maddie Musselman who's going back to college, who's learning and in school to be a doctor. Dynasties shouldn't have to do this. None of the 96 Bulls had split time between basketball and law school. But according to Steffens, the difficulty of sustaining oneself as a world-class water polo has an unlikely benefit. The people who want to be there really want to be there. I think it's, it's pretty incredible what this team has done, you know, without the money, without the publicity, without the exposure. And, you know, doing all of this work, doing, you know, the Olympic training just for the love of the sport, just for the love of one another, and just for the love of, of our dreams as a team. There's nothing else, right? Like when, when people come to train for this team for seven hours a day, 
you're dedicated to one another. You're dedicated to the sport. You're dedicated to the growth as an individual and as a team. You know, you're not doing it for money. You're not doing it for fame. You're not doing it for anything else. Steffens is trying to put a positive spin on it, but the lack of money in water polo is obviously a tremendous negative. Players quit the sport early. They aren't able to devote their full focus to playing like they would be if they lived in Spain or Hungary or some other country that has pro water polo. And the sport's lack of earning power contributes to its reputation as a game for rich white private school kids. Team USA's Ashley Johnson is the best goalie in the world and the first black water polo player ever to make the US women's Olympic team. How many talented players never try this sport because you can't make a living playing it? Team USA's women are impossibly successful, but Steffens is right. They could be even better. If this sport were more popular and less exclusive, they would reach heights that even they haven't hit yet. Dominance should never be quiet. So let's take a moment to appreciate the greatest team in the Olympics, and then let's scream about that greatness for all to hear. It's time for the best dynasty you don't know about to finally get their shine. I'd like to thank our associate producers, Erica Cervantes and Lonnie Ronaldo, who literally made these episodes. Additional thanks go to Ben Glixman and Arjuna Ramgopal. I'd especially like to thank the Ringers fact-checking team for making sure I didn't say anything wrong in these episodes. And I'd like to thank you for listening.